and gentlemen, this stage is set. The mics are on. It's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a former fighter. The voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA. The great and powerful Phil Campbell. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a former fighter. And now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts. The one and only Andy, the icon, Burroughs. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Not Another Fightcast. I am Andy, the icon, Burroughs, and sadly today I am without my broadcast colleague, Mr. PC Comedy, Phil Campbell. Uh, Phil has another show live at three um, with Free of Combat Federation today. So sadly, he is not with me, but luckily I am with one of Northern Ireland's premier personal trainers and somebody who has also trained to compete in professional wrestling. I am with the wonderful Stephanie McCluskey. Steph, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Thanks, how are you? Not too bad. Uh, We're getting on pretty well now in what is lockdown slash quarantine. So I think everybody's just getting used to it now. Um, So we're all just trundling along. How is this quarantine slash lockdown thing treating you? Um, I think I think I'm lucky enough that I have some equipment at home, so I'm lucky that I can kind of get creative, and I quite enjoy making up random workouts and doing them anyway. So for me, I've kind of enjoyed the time of just a bit of creative thinking and making fun workouts, and then I've been doing some workouts and sharing them, you know, with everybody. That things that people can do at home. I think a lot of people maybe realised how much they were dependent on their gym, and now that that's been taken away, I think a lot of people are like freaked out what are they going to do so um i've been trying to do a lot of stuff that means that people can still do a bit of something at home now it's not going to be the best time for getting personal bests you're not going to be doing all these mad strength lifts but you can still move your body we're still allowed to go out and exercise and i don't know i think it's just use your time wisely as well like we're not going to wake up every day and want to go on a five mile run or lift any weights there are some days that we're just going to want to have a down day and like i think just realizing that that's okay it's yeah, fine but if you want to exercise, you can just go into your garden and exercise. You don't need a fancy gym right now. No, absolutely not. Um, whenever this whole sad, this putrid virus arrived in Great Britain, Kira and I, sort of my partner Kira, long-suffering partner Kira, has my uh, running buddy. <laughs> yes, you're running partner as well. Um, we <laughs> saw this thing coming. I'm like, screw this, and Kira was like, I cannot deal with the gym being closed. So yeah. we're going to have to buy weights. I would have been the first murder victim of the coronavirus in Northern Ireland have carried in the weights to lift. So we were very lucky um, that we were able to get an Olympic bar, 100 kilos, 130 kilos of weights, um, and basically just set up our own little home gym, skipping rope boxing. Um, I had the bike set up and turbo trainer and stuff. So it's worked out okay for us. Um, I was actually talking to Clan Wars champion Troy Gibson the other day, and I was saying that um, this is probably the most structured my training's been in like two years. It's because you have time though, time to prioritise. Mm-hmm, completely um as you rightly pointed out being more versatile with your stuff and being a bit more creative which is what's lost a lot in the fitness industry i think is the creativity because you have everything at hand in the normal commercial gym or any private gym now you've got yeah. a myriad of equipment from yokes to everything now i think that people are you're just losing that creativity you know go and do the leg press machine enjoy 
Whereas now, yeah. I, you know, you're doing kettlebell lunges in the garden. You're, yeah. you know, you're doing yoga, maybe yoga online or something. It's quite that's liberating in a way as well. Yeah. It's kind of liberating. Hate to say the word. It's more functional, though, isn't it? We all hate the words. It's functional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it is because it means people actually have to move the way, like, we're made to move. Um, you're much. not relying on machines at all. You have to do everything yourself, which means that you're not just working your muscles. You're working your muscles that are going to help and everything. So you're not just using one plane of motion you're doing it in every plane of motion so i think a lot of people will probably benefit from movement mm -hmm. yeah it'll be a good thing one one thing that i will find what i am finding very difficult personally is the fact that i had started um hot yoga yes and flow yoga belfast yeah. and it was like a, like a complete revelation to me um with needing a hip replacement it was fantastic for arthritis i was leaving there like there's nothing wrong with me this is a, like a new person and then now this has started i can't freaking get there. i haven't been able to get nine three weeks so it's that's depressing to me but everything else seems to be going really really well yeah and there's there's lo there's quite a lot of apps and a lot of people doing a lot of free stuff as well i've had to get really creative we have a big dog pen outside it's like a big mm. metal like frame so i've just started using it as like a gym frame so we've been using it to do our pull-ups on through the door there's like a bar above oh, where the gate would be so mm -hmm. we've been using that to do our pull-ups on and then i've been able to attach all the bands and then you can kind of use it as a cable machine so yeah. that's how creative the art workouts have got that we're using a dog pen as a rig but, but it also shows you now like in the future when you can't get to the gym like if you go in six months or three months or whenever this hell ends yeah, yeah and you'll be i don't need to go back to the gym to, to do that i've got this sitting at home and i can just go back into the time of quarantine to work out mentally yeah. and i think it could change an awful lot of people's training for for the better rather than for the worse no i think it definitely will and i think so many more people will be focused on their movement and how their body feels rather than just going in for like big pbs or big strength training like yeah. i've done so much yoga there's like an app there's a free app you can download down dog i think it is so mm -hmm. I've been on it and it just creates a sequence for you every day. So in the morning times, like, cause it's nice weather, luckily we've got as well. Mm -hmm. I've been going out and doing so much more of that, but I think that really helps with your training. Cause if you can move better, you've more range of movement, you're going to lift Absolutely. better anyway. So oh, of course you are. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the bigger things you find out when you actually start doing the bigger lifts, your squats, your deadlifts, it's not like a, how much actual flexibility plays a real part. And being yeah. able to, especially through the having being strong through the full range of motion rather than just initial snatch or pull set, you know, yeah. side of that, and it makes a big, big difference to the lift. And you're more controlled anyway because you're more aware of how your body works. Yeah, I think that's one thing I've really realized is like imbalances. So, trying to do a lot like right now, we can do a lot of single leg work because we have the time as well to spend yeah. on it. But I think that's when you really start to realize your imbalances, and then that gives you something then to work on as well. Yeah, completely. Well, this is a combat sports podcast primarily, although Phil and I in our very first episode did talk the fact that we want to get on premier personal trainers, strength and conditioning, coaches, nutritionists, people who, the whole holistic approach to being fit to compete. And that could be being fit to compete in a combat sport or fit to compete in any sport or just compete in life ultimately. Yeah. So with that said, you did take part in professional wrestling training. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, I did for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to do is, first of all, tell me how you got into that. What made you want to do that? And what, what did the training entail? What, so first of all, how did you get into that? So I really, and I still do actually really enjoy watching. I'm sure everyone's heard of WWE. 
um, wrestling. Everyone knows about WWE. And I used to watch it and I just literally, I love the matches. And then a couple of years ago, they started doing this. They started doing a lot more stuff to do with females and like motivational females, female and power, females in sport. And their female like section just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the females just got stronger and they were doing more. And that to me was just like really appealing and nobody else was really doing it here. And I was getting into my fitness, into my sports. And then I just literally was watching the program one day about the divas or something, you know, them, the mm-hmm. WWE divas, whatever. And I was like, I would love to do that. So I just Googled it. I looked up wrestling skills mm-hmm. in Belfast and found one. And I yeah. contacted them and I was like, um, do you take on girls? Like, what's the training? Blah, blah, blah. And they told me about their membership, what they do. And I could call down and have a chat with them and like check out the training. So like me being me, like not, not very confident at all. I was like, right, I'll call down to this wrestling place. Um, so I just went down one night. I think I was in Murray at the time. And I went down, watched their wrestling thing. And then I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a go. There was one other girl at the time, Laura, Lauren. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, they were like, you know, we could really do with having a co- an extra girl. And it, you're mm-hmm. already fit, into fitness and you enjoy sports. So why not give it a go? So I did, I think the training I did, it was like, their training I think was like maybe four or five days a week, but I went like three or four. You just could kind of go whatever suited, you know, your schedule. Yeah. And um, I think I was going three or four days a week at one stage, nights a week after work. So I just went up and did our wrestling every night. And like the training was amazing. Like those guys are fit. Um, and it's so, everyone's like, thinks that the wrestling, the wrestling isn't real, but like the wrestling is real. The moves are real. And it's just done in a way that's safe. So yeah. yes, the moves are real. You're still doing it. Like I got flinged about, thrown to the ground, pinged over everything. But you're just taught how to control your landing or how to control certain aspects of it. So like the sport is real. The movements are real. It's just done in a controlled way so that it's safe for the people. But um, it was amazing. Amazing training. Gave me a really good insight. And went down to watch quite a lot of the shows down in Ireland. And watch mm-hmm. some of the shows up here, and like they're just amazing. The people are amazing, yeah, and are. it's just it's so intense. But it's it's like it was a wonderful thing to be able to do, and I learned a lot from it. Like they can take a lot, yeah, and they put their body under so much stress. The amount I went and watched the guys up in Titanic train as well, um, and we had one of Northern Ireland's primary heavyweight wrestlers on as well, Damien Corbin, uh, yeah, Jackson, Damien slash, yeah, Bob. I know him well. He's brilliant, absolutely fantastic yeah. performer, phenomenal performer. We watched him there um, take on, it was David Starr for the uh, over-the-top heavyweight title recently in, in Europa. Fantastic match, absolutely fantastic. And these guys are immense athletes, like yeah. immense athletes. Totally. Just, you know, people about wrestling speak, I'm like, well, okay, yes, as you rightly pointed out, what is happening to you is not fake. As Diamond Dallas yep. Page said, it's not fake, it's just predetermined. You know yep. there's going to be a, 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 you know who's going to win, but you're still taking an immense amount of damage to the body and punishment. It's crazy. So what sort of stuff was actually involved in the training? What Describe me what average sort of training would have looked like. Uh, we would have done like a warm-up session, obviously, before every time because mm-hmm. there's so much impact on your body. You have to do quite a lot of warm-ups. So there would have been quite a lot of like mo- body movements, squats, lunges, and then mm-hmm. we would have done a lot of rolls. So everyone would have been in the ring and we would have came along like an L shape and you would move across diagonally. So it's just whatever the instructor or the teacher, sorry, would call is what you did. Mm-hmm. So there would have been like your forward rolls, then you would have had your back rolls, then you would have had your falls, and then there's yeah. bumps. 
So bumps is where you just have to pretty much fall back and land on your back, but there's a, there's like a specific way to do it. So we did quite a lot of those because then when it came into doing um, sequences and things, you mm-hmm. really had just had to make sure that your body was able to take them and you were ready for it. And then after they did the initial warm ups and all the bumps and the rolls and the tumbles and things, they would move into like little sequence. So they would give us like a certain type of moves and they would put certain ones together. So you would just team up. So like 99% of the time I was teamed up with a guy because that's, it was majorly guys there. Um, so it also meant you got to learn. You just got to learn it real raw from them as well. Like there was no like pussying about. It was literally just like you were took into the team and that's just what you had to do. So yeah, you got yeah, thrown about, you got hit as much as the rest of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would go over sequences and, like I take my hats off to those guys because it is not easy to remember when you're in a stressful environment and you have got maybe like six, seven, eight things to remember in a line. And if you get one of those sequences wrong, like you could really injure someone or yeah. if you were in the oh, wrong place, so like they could really injure you as well. Mm-hmm. So I was, there was a lot of trust there with the guys as well. So I think they all had a really good bond because if you're not going to trust this person to like fling you about and tip you upside down and catch you, at the right moment, then, you know, you're going to get injured. So it was amazing. It was an amazing time. And it was really like the sessions were amazing, but they were very intense. So you did yeah. your warm ups, then we did all our bumps and things. And then you, you did your sequences. And then we kind of just, they would pair you up and then you would perform that sequence that you learned in front of each other. And then we would do a cool down. And that's kind of just how the sessions went. Some days there would be some mad, like, throwing in the air things and then some days it would just be you know learning fundamentals and basics of being with each other yeah it, it is quite amazing it's very very impressive no matter what anybody says and, I, and this is not a lie i've said it on the podcast before whenever i started taking part in mma i actually thought this is going to be pro wrestling i didn't think that it was real i thought at some stage somebody's going to come along and go you know what this is all bollocks Yep. You're going to win. Here's how, here's the finishing sequence. Here's how it's going to work. And right up until basically after I'd finished competing as an amateur, it didn't happen. I was like, actually, oh, fuck this. Actually, Israel. <laughs> this is <real>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Israel will be in the face. All right. This is what Okay, works. thanks. I, yeah. So the, I, I thought, like, when I was younger, I'm still a wrestling fan now. I think any most mixed martial arts competitors slash people who like watching mixed MMA do watch professional wrestling and yeah. there's a lot of crossovers now with Lesnar, Lashley, CM. Yeah, totally. Ronda Rousey and all of them. Ronda, um, up to a certain extent with her, she just, the schedule crippled Ronda, but she was absolutely amazing. Um, I think now there's so much of a crossover between the two that these people are, are, are enjoying the same pageantry and the same sport and you can see uh, promotions like Bellator as well using the big yeah. ramp entrance, the live music, the, like the sort of if you like the circus performer style of what it would be like to be a professional wrestler. But whenever I was younger, I watched it quite a lot of it. And uh, there was also a Japanese promotion that was marketed in inverted commas as real. Um, it was called UWF and it was marketed in Great Britain as Bushido. It was on, it was on Channel 4. And it's only now, later in life, well not now, I knew obviously then a few um, years after, it was like, hmm, didn't look entirely correct. And then you realize someone like Nobuhiko Takata is involved in it. You're like, ah, it's all fake. Fuck. Why didn't they say this at the start? But it was yeah. really, really clever. They did, in inverted commas, what's called shoot style, which is obviously you being involved in professional wrestling, you understand that the term shoot is just an, another word for real. So if somebody says this is a shoot, this is real. 
um, was deemed as shoot wrestling, where you were allowed open hand slaps and the kicks and stuff for real, but there was a predetermined outcome, a predetermined yeah. finish. But and I, that's that was my entrance to MMA because I thought it's going to be pro wrestling. I know it is sooner or later. No, it wasn't. No, <laughs> you just actually get beat up. <laughs> yeah, you just actually get beat up for real. <laughs> so as I said years ago, I could have been basically grappling with another man in my pants for real. Or sorry for fake, but instead I ended up grappling with another man for in real? my pants for real. That's what happened. Well, it's worked out all right, hasn't it? It's, it's part, yeah. I feel like, well, <laughs> yes, kind of, yeah. But that's how that worked out. Um, you didn't eventually then go on and actually have a professional wrestling match, so you didn't actually go on and take that any further and get into the ring, no. No, I tapped out <laughs> because, tapped I, yeah, as much as I really enjoyed the wrestling, um, it was so intense and see like the point of having to then perform like it was okay doing the wrestling doing the training but then when it came to being like in the ring I just got so so nervous and that really put me off and it just really like it worried me as well because if I was in a ring and I was really worried and I was really nervous like was I going to injure someone or was I going to do something wrong or were they going to injure me and yeah. then because I also have my personal training career on the side then it was just a worry for me that I was going to get injured and that would then affect my career and what I needed to do in the future. So it was more kind of like I psyched myself out and I know I did and I wish like every single bone in my body wishes so much that I had just even did one match because like I went and got my custom outfit made so like I'll have to find it somewhere like but I have it and like it was my outfit for me and I got it made on based on you know your woman Eva Marie yeah, yeah. The one with the red hair. So I got like an outfit just like hers made, but in my color. So it was like blue and pink. And like, it was amazing. But um, I've never worn it <laughs> because I never, and I just tapped out and never did it. But that's probably a big regret of mine. I really wish yeah, never, that I had Yeah, that's those things. Never say never. Don't ever write yourself off at, at this <laughs> yes. stage. There's plenty of people who drift in and out of sport and then go back to it at some point in their life and go, you know what, screw it. I would still, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it now. And yeah. especially now, you know, when you have a greater understanding of yeah. how the body works and you know, modalities for injury, proper recovery. Because back then, I know back then whenever I was um competing and training in MMA, recovery didn't exist. Recovery was for losers. People didn't recover at all. I was gonna say properly, but at all. Yeah. There was no such thing as recovery. Now people are using CBD, they're using remedial massage, they're going and having salt baths, they're going and, you know, ice baths, you know, yeah. like lighter training days, recovery day, all that active stuff. Active recovery. Like, yeah, active recovery. Active recovery was never a real thing back then. People were like, active recovery, what are you doing? And it would have been like frowned upon, oh, you're not training hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying here, I can already walk. It's like my body's given up. I think mm -hmm. now though we've got a greater appreciation probably for like knowing ourselves a bit better. So it's like if I wake up someday and I'm absolutely really busted just because that's meant to be a day of exercise. If I know my body's busted, I will leave it till the next day because you just clearly need that bit of time. And yeah, that's, that's okay. Body. That's allowed. That's your body telling you, you need a rest. Yeah. You are done with that. You need to just take a, a day off or take some time off. And the amount of times I say that to people in the gym too, you know, you actually just need to go home. And people are like, no, I'm not training it's not how life works now. You just need yeah. to go home today. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to make you fitter, stronger, better, faster, or a better competitor in this yeah. hour and a half that's going to change your life. So go home. 
what is it FOMO everyone's fear of missing out yeah <laughs> whereas yeah. I've got to that stage in my life now where I'm just like I'm okay at missing out for that one day like if I yeah. I know now I now I know my body and I trust my body a lot more that if I do need a day of rest and recuperation then to just take it and it's really not going to put you any further back it's just going to make you more hungry for it the next day yeah, or you're going to then perform better the next day. You're going to feel yeah. like a better person. Like, I look back now and think, oh, fuck, you're such an idiot. I wonder your body's racked with injury because of all the, the days where you probably just got like, rolled out of bed and went, oh, no. And then 20 minutes later, you find yourself like making your way to the gym and it was awful. Yeah. You, were, you had a terrible time. You felt mentally drained. You felt physically drained. I think now there's more information too. Back then, there wasn't yeah. the... the, the cascade of information that there is today i mean you can just click onto youtube now and go recovery brilliant and you have some alleged recovery specialist or doctor telling you here's why you're feeling the way you're feeling and here's how to make it better and even just the advances in exercise science they're just through the roof even that nutrition diet my fuck soon i look back my dad was so bad but you didn't realize that you thought you were doing things right you weren't you had no idea what you were doing no, I totally agree with it. It takes a lot. I think it takes a long time to figure out yourself as well, like what your limitations are and what your capabilities are mm-hmm. and what you need to do because we're all we are just so different. Like, but everyone needs different rest periods and everyone needs different nutrition. And mm-hmm. some people need more carbohydrates. Some people don't take well to it. But it's just I think spending the time to figure that out. Yeah, and, and it's probably education. what people don't do. Yeah, education is the answer there. Absolutely, education. The more people become informed about how the body works and about how yeah. They can fuel it correctly rather than, you know, basically eating for sustenance rather than eating as fuel. There's massive, that bit in between is gigantic. Um, people are now starting to see that that plays such a vital role in how they will perform. It, not even just like the next day or but maybe weeks and months down the line. You've yeah. set a really good foundation for it. Yeah, I'm like big, big up on the education at the minute because that was one of my drive factors between going back to study because like, well, I'm like 29 now. So 10 years ago when I left school, I wasn't into fitness as much as I was now. I wasn't into training. I wasn't into everything I'm into now. And then 10 years down the line, I'm now like really know what my my life passion is. My life passion is fitness and helping people mm-hmm. and education. And I really, I love, I love teaching people and I love doing education and I love doing that with like younger people as well. So that's why I decided to go back to study sport and exercise science so that I can go get the degree and then hopefully lecture in the college. That'd be brilliant. So that's my yeah. plan: is to yeah. be a college lecturer in the sport and exercise science. Or else, don't don't give up coaching either. Definitely don't give oh, up. Oh no, coaching. I'll always still do coaching on the side. Like love yeah. coaching, but I just really love teaching as well. But ten years ago, I would never have known that I wanted to teach in the sporting field. So. Oh no! I time. remember. No, I remember. I would. I would have always been like, no, not interested in coaching. Never want to do it. People are dicks. I'm a dick. I'm not doing this. This is going to end terribly. And now. Talking Love to it. Phil the other day on one of our podcasts as well, and I was just like, I really miss it. I really do. And I've been doing it for so long. It's yeah, I miss the routine of it, I miss your interactions, you miss the the good things that you can do for somebody else, how you bring your own personality into the coaching yeah. arena or the practice room. And that's something And I you're really part of their life. You become part of someone's life, I think, as well, which I yeah. think that's the nicest thing for me is like to be the part of someone's life and you're doing them good and you're helping them be a better person like the best person that they can be you're trying to give them mm-hmm. a wee bit of a push in that direction i think that's a lovely take home from coaching really it is it's up, you know when people 
for a while there, everybody was inspired by something. You know, I was inspired by watching a guy walk his dog or, you know, a cloud once. But that <laughs> truly, it's always like everything inspired by this. It's the best one. Um, but that's true because there's been times in my life where people have approached me three and four years later and went, do you remember this day? And I'm like, nope. I go, this day, one guy actually said, this guy, this fellow, I'm not going to go through the whole story. I'll tell you the story one day when we're not here. Um, he says, you changed my life. I was going home to kill myself. And I didn't realize at the time, I didn't realize that three or four years later when I met the person in a completely separate setting, he says, if I didn't speak to you that day, I had my plan all set, had the notes ready to go, and uh, I was going home to kill myself. I was like, shit. You know, so... Say, but you just don't realize the impact you, you have. And that was all. a very minor interaction, one hour out of my day. And yep. I was like, oh, I'm pretty happy with that. Now, that's a, that's a good thing to do for somebody. So as you say, you don't know, you could be inspiring somebody else, you could be changing their life, you could be doing something pretty cool. And that's what yeah. coaching's about. So you're now... As I said before, one of Northern Ireland's premier personal trainers. Okay, and I don't say that lightly because I have a lot of people, a lot of friends, and still in fitness industry myself in a, a big, big way. Um, I don't say that lightly. There's a lot of personal trainers in Northern Ireland, but not too many people get the attention that you get um, and that you have. So you're very, very popular. Um, tell me now, realistically, what you are doing. In the, what's your main driving factor in the fitness industry other than going on to become a, a lecturer? Um, I work with, well, I suppose not, loads of people know this anyway. At the minute, I just work with females. I work with women who, the majority of them are women in business, women who are mums. It's busy mums that mm-hmm. don't really necessarily have time to spend on themselves and they just need some help. So I do a lot of like motivation and mindset with a lot of people and mm-hmm. training just to make people feel better about themselves and better just to just to give people a bit of a break out of their day like so many people are so busy they don't even have a minute in the day to think about themselves and I just really really enjoy taking them out for that one hour they come and train with me and we work on absolutely anything that they need to work on I'm just I just really really love coaching people I love training people mm-hmm. and I really love working with women it's not like it wasn't a choice that I set out just to be like I'm working with women it's just kind of been something that's boiled down to I just work really well with like women in business professional women busy mums who just need a little bit of help I'm like that's all I do I just really enjoy it I do it for the passion mm-hmm. passion of helping and the passion of making people feel better about themselves and it doesn't really take loads as well like people can just come and you can just work on little things like some people I don't think realize that like I had one of my clients was drinking so much coffee, she couldn't sleep. I do like a goal setting thing with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like a circle and we fill out things and see if they all cross and inter- or cross reference with each other. So she couldn't sleep, but she was drinking loads of coffee and just all these things mounted up. And when we actually sat down and looked at her goal thing, it was like she was drinking so much coffee like all day long. She was so stressed out. She couldn't sleep and all these factors just boiled up into like just a bit of a mess. But she just didn't really know how to break that down or how to make mm-hmm. that like a bit more manageable for herself. So I then just work on little things with people, try not to stress anybody out because I don't really see the point in it. And um, we just figured out little things and it's just little things people can put in place. So if she could have just cut her coffee down by like two o'clock in the afternoon, um, tried to stop working at a certain time and got a certain amount of our sleep, 
then that affected everything else in her circle. So she was able to get up better. She was in a better mood. Um, she wasn't dependent on caffeine all the time. She was going to bed at a reasonable hour. And then that meant that she was actually finding time to fit fitness into her life. She was able to come train with me. She then started taking up running because she just felt a bit more motivated, she had extra time. And that's just the kind of stuff that I really enjoy doing with people. It's like figuring out their why, like yeah. what is their why. The goal setting aspect of that is something yeah. that I think everybody can uh, at least have some sort of parallel with. I mean, goal setting is a big, big thing. And like, if I could turn the camera around, I can show you, like I have a wee board here beside me. It was goals basically for the podcast. A lot of them we've achieved and some yeah. of them we still haven't. Um, but um, I was reading recently as well, talking about goal setting and mind setting and it ties into professional wrestling. Um, Diamond Dallas Page former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, a guy who has uh, really fashioned this phenomenal thing called DDPY. It used to be known as DDP Yoga. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't, actually. He's really worth looking at. Honestly, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, And he has done a couple of great YouTube documentaries now with uh, one with a a former professional wrestler called Scott Hall and professional wrestler also that everybody will have heard of, which is Jake the Snake Roberts. So he's done a reinvention of Jake the Snake. I think it's on Amazon or it's on Netflix, one or the other, but two phenomenal documentaries um, where he basically has built these people up from the ground again. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, he has a fantastic book called Positively Unstoppable. And I just finished it yesterday. I've actually read it two or three times now, but I finished it again yesterday and it's just superb. And a lot so of that is goal setting give yourself a time scale, cut down this just a yeah. little bit of the time, two, three percent of the time, just don't go mad. Yeah. And over a longer period of time, you can see such a real, real difference. And that's exactly really what you're identifying, but in a, in a different way and in a different style, ultimately. Yeah, that's what I just love. I just love working with my women that like we can just do- we can just like identify one little small thing and then that can just turn into such a, like a bigger picture as well with everybody's training. Like I'm I'm really, really keen on sticking to the basics, sticking through movement patterns and making people able to move a bit better in like in their daily life. So we do a lot of just like basic movements, but then just making sure that people are sound in their movements, you know, making sure that everyone can move properly before you add your loads. And then we kind of like tailor it. It's just very like progressive overload. So you start with a basic squat and then you build it up through their movement patterns and then start adding their loads and then give them different um, options and variables, which is good for people now because now we're in isolation they've already been taught the basics so it's so much easier for like all my clients not home to be training because they know the basics they know the movement patterns and they can kind of just go out and do it which is really really i don't know i think that's a bonus of things to do i do some i do some sports specific so i have a couple of girls that i've trained for marathons triathlons and a few hockey players which is good but Mm-hmm. that would kind of be different when I do my sports science I would put a lot of my sports science stuff into that and do their mechanics and their movement patterns mm-hmm. and then see what they are lagging in and their sports so I have a hockey player at the minute who couldn't like there were certain turns and specific movements she couldn't do so we sat down together and I broke down her movements and then we kind of tailored her a program that suited that specific way so it just meant when she comes out of this she'll be able to move a bit better perform a bit better and it was things that she really thought she was lagging in so that's another type of like training that I do do with people that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I really do enjoy the sport specific as well. Um, but it just takes, you have to really have to sit down and do their then sporting profile with them and see where their imbalances are and then do their testing with them, do their movement patterns and then see what it is for their specific sport. 
what they're lagging in. A huge amount of sense because a lot of the stuff I do whenever I coach with people is I always try and point out that I'm going to try and assist you to make a very small biomechanical change. And a small biomechanical change over time will make you more economical. That's not even a word. Economic. Economic. I just made up a word. It's a word now, right? Um, So it make the person more economic and also make them produce power maybe at different times. So you're gonna you're getting more out of your effort for longer. They're more efficient. Exactly. The efficiency side of that becomes part. So I always talk about slight biomechanical changes over time, nothing too crazy. Again, just what we talked about goal setting, nothing too crazy. And you can see the how people's movements improve, and you can see how people then do become more confident in that movement. Now that, that all makes a great deal of sense. How you, you mentioned running there, and running was a huge, huge passion of mine until arthritis has came to my right hip. Um, you are now you you are now running quite a lot, yes. Yeah, I really enjoy track and field. So a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, I took up track and field because I was doing a lot of running with the dog. So I took up track mm-hmm. and field, joined, I was, this was after the wrestling, <laughs> joined um, a track and field a little group. And then I really got into sprinting. So mm-hmm. I run for Lagan Valley and sprinting's my thing for the first year. It was my first year of sprinting. I really just did mechanics for the first year with my coach. All mm-hmm. it was was mechanical drills, 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 drills doing 100 meters trying to get your speed up sprint up your style up and it probably took me i would say the full year to learn how to run properly it's crazy like it's so different like sprinting is so different than running and so many people also just run wrong but they don't realize they're doing it just try and walk fast ultimately a lot of people yeah so it took me a long time my there is so much involved i could spend days literally days talking about it there is so much involved in the mechanics of running and how and you how many times now when you're watching other people run can you identify the person simply just by their gait yeah like oh that's all the time you do it all the time naturally i coach uh jog belfast coach to 5k that's another thing i do um Mm -hmm. so when i got into my running um i just love i love running as well i think it's a free thing that absolutely anybody can do and you can do it at any fitness level you can run any distance but um don't obviously go out and run 10ks at the beginning you do have to build it up so with couch to 5k that's one thing that we do we really build them up over a 10-week program but what i really enjoy from that is seeing people come in at the start and there's a lot of heel steppers there's a lot of like people whose mechanics are really really wrong but over that 10 week period, we can just do little tiny things each way, each step of the way to make their running better, like little drills, like teaching them to run on the balls of their feet, not their heels. And that for me is an absolutely amazing progression to see over the 10 weeks. Now, I'm not saying they're amazing runners in 10 weeks, but their gait will have, yeah, they're, they're better, better runners. They're moving better. That's exactly the, the way that we just talked about, you know, incremental changes. Yep especially with running, not everybody's going to come in and go, oh, I'm a perfect four-foot striker. My arms directly drive behind my body. I lift my elbows yeah. off towards my, my neck at the back, and I drive my arms forward and lift my hand directly. And I'm, nobody does that. I can propel. I, sometimes I'm a bit of an elbow winger. So <laughs> at the end of a race when you're dying. Um, yeah, you find your yeah. mechanics going. That's one of the things I used yeah. to always... I, I was... I ran care. I used to fracture care, so I'm shocking. I used to let my arms fall because I'm not fast at all. But I like going for long distances. So let your yep. arms fall and just allow them to naturally swing past Relax. the body. I used to drive care around the bend. Like that. 
fucking lift your hands, you look stupid. I'm like, no, it's nice and <laughs> soft chilling. and not adding burden into the upper back and shoulders and yeah. not activating too much muscle tissue that's ain't going to need oxygenated blood to fill that. I'm not taxing my heart and lungs as much. And then I found that that was just a very natural, languid, normal style for me now, which you can't fucking do anymore because of this. It's driving me around. I will be back. No matter what anybody yeah. says, once I get a new head, I'm back. So just build, uh, it'll just take a matter of building the whole thing up though. But yeah. like if, the, if the motivation to do it, you can do it, can't you? Yeah, and I, I, I literally have, have looked into obviously running marathons with hip replacement. There's lots and lots of people can do it. If I, they can do it, then I can do it. There's no big difference. Yeah. We're all humans, we've all got two arms and two legs and one head, so I'm happy <laughs> to have a go at it. Um, it doesn't really, it's one of those things I'm not, it doesn't phase me, it's just, just going to be a new year. It's a part of the process and you'll deal with it. And Yeah. But see, that's a, that's a winner's mindset. That's, a, that's a good mindset. Not everyone has that, but... No, I think you can be defeatist with injury yeah. um, or genetics, um, depending on which one's causing you the problems at the time. Everybody can be defeatist with injury, and that's one of the things that's being involved in athletic competition people miss out on everybody gets injured no matter who you are yeah. you'll give you the best it's the grieving process isn't it it is a grieving process trust me it fucking is a grieving process you get so you do through that's actually really good i've never looked at it like is. that before Wait, it, there's an actual um i would have to find out the reference for you but there's an actual process called the grieving process if you look it up through athletics mm-hmm. and it's like i think it's a five part process that athletes go through when they get injured and it's all about like the psychological um issues that you would go through through those five stages and how different people go through them at different times and different influences affect different times and different ways that people flow through it but yeah look it up so the i'm pretty sure it's called the grief the grief yeah but that, that does make sense actually you know when you get your, your anger stage your disbelief your you know, yeah. all, all the things that really do come with grief, because I know, fine rightly, that now looking back on the injury that I have, which is, well, it's not an injury, it's just genetics, it's arthritis, yeah. arthritis in the hip, um, that for a year beforehand, I just thought I had a groin strain. I just carried on as normal, ran yeah. marathons, just didn't, okay, it's a bit sore, who cares, who cares? Yeah. And then it got worse, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's a labral tear. That's, that's maybe what it is. Just got worse, carried on, carried on. Maybe it's a hernia. Carry on, carry on, carry yeah, on. Yeah, because you're not, you don't believe. I just didn't want to believe. And then when you go to the doctor, you need a new hip. No, I don't. I'm fine. <laughs> no, you do. You do. Yeah, you don't have any room there now. Look. Ah, fuck. And then by then it's too late. <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> yeah, next. So that's, and that is true because you go through all those weird stages of, you know, as I said, disbelief, anger, frustration, yeah. all those resentment, definitely resentment. And then you eventually come to the conclusion that, you know, it can get better. Yeah. And then you'll either, but that's you coming out on the other side. It's like you sink or swim. It's like you'll either believe that that'll be the end of it and you can't do anything about it. Otherwise you will push through it. There was, I think there was, what was the one that I did a study on We for my assignment? I did a study on, there was a girl, I can't remember her name. She was a surfer from Australia and mm-hmm. she was in like a shark accident and she lost one of her <laughs> arms and she was a professional surfer, lost one of her arms. And I think after the whole process and all, she was up and back on her surfboard within six months. And she was Crazy. competing again within a year. But mm. that was just her mental state. She wasn't going to let it get to her. Yeah. And oh, yeah. A good, good description. A shark accident. Yeah. Shark Some accident. Fucking absolute <laughs> torpedo, prehistoric yeah. creature of the sea, rips your arm off. Minor accident. You'll be fine. Walk yeah. it off. Probably it's such there a big go. And, and she did. And she did. So mm. fair. But it just goes to show you just really depends on I think the people you have around you and your mindset and if you think 
like if it's something really important to you, obviously training is to you, then you'll get back up on your feet no matter what. Yeah. I think as Henry Ford says, either you can or you can't. Both right. You know, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. It's like, no, oh, I'll take a bit of time to sink in. You go, oh, right all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes me right all the time. <laughs> and then when you come come through, then you're like, oh, right. Now I see where he was going with that. Right. So we've, it's like a system of personal belief. It makes sense. Yeah. So now that we're stuck in uh, quarantine for another three weeks, allegedly, or who knows after this, another 10 years, I don't know. Um, Why not? Because <laughs> Kira will murder me. There's no other way around it. I will not make it through <laughs> that. Um, what we're, what thing you and I were discussing is about how, especially at, at the minute, somebody who competes at a, at a decent level of, uh, in any athletic competition, specifically now for the likes of guys and girls who can't get into the boxing gym, the MMA gym, they can't get into their Kai boxing gym, they can't go and do judo, presumably jiu-jitsu, freestyle wrestling, professional wrestling, they can't get to these places. What I wanted to get from somebody of your expertise is tips that how that person can, two things, number one, stay mentally healthy and motivated, and number two, not lose too much physical condition. You have to recognize that you're going to lose some physical condition. Yeah but not lose too much. So what would, what would be your tips now for that? Okay, so for not losing too much, I would definitely say, I would say everyone who's at that level would potentially have a coach or some sort of program that they would be following already. Mm-hmm. So I would just say mimic your timetable. This is what I'm doing with my studies as well and my training, is mimic your timetable as good as you can outside, you know, the industry, or outside the capabilities that you can. Yeah. So if you can get equipment that you need to mimic what you're training, that would be absolutely amazing. And just same thing as what I said with those movement patterns. If you know your movement patterns of your sport, keep going through your movement patterns. You're not necessarily going to be as intense as what you would in the gym, but still move through the movement patterns. Muscle memory will still be there. So make sure that you're still moving through the same things. You still have your range of motion and that your body is still working to some form of degree as what you would have been doing before. Yeah. And um check in with your coach if you have a coach check in with them do facetime sessions with them and make sure that you're still getting that one-to-one because i think that's what a lot of people psychologically will miss is they're meeting up with their coaches their coaches telling them what to do people being on top of them Mm -hmm. but if you can sit down with your coach and work through some form of plan so you still could maybe have a check-in every week so just to make sure you're doing your sessions because it's so easy to wake up and just say i don't feel like it doing it today whereas if you're seeing your coach seven days a week you'll have to do your sessions. So I would still have some sort of accountability. accountability. Yeah. yeah. So check in with them once a week to make sure that you're still getting your sessions in, but make sure your sessions are tailored to what you have at home and um, get as much equipment as you can for whatever sport it is that you need, mm-hmm. but still mimic those movement patterns. I think that's the biggest one would be to stick to your movement patterns and make sure that you're not lagging behind on them and that you still have your full range of motion. So that when you come back, you've still been working through the same kind of principles so your yeah. body's not going to lose anything you may lose a wee bit of strength you may lose a wee bit of size you may lose a wee bit of muscle but that can all be kind of worked on at least you haven't lost any technique or form mm-hmm. or proper function Much, and now with uh, your huh no go on ahead Karen. No, that's all i was going to say on that part no, no, that, the... that all makes like great great sense would you say um sticking to like a principle slash timetable would you say stick to the same times that you would normally train so for a lot of people their nighttime was like when they're hitting the gym. Um, not everybody can be a professional, sadly, and we all can't do it every single day, as you would yeah. much love to do. Um, yeah. So would you say stick to that time So if you normally train the Monday night from seven to nine, would you stick to that again? Or would you I try would say, just... 
I would say find whatever time you feel most productive at because I mm-hmm. think now everything's completely changed. So everyone had their cardian rhythm to follow before or everyone mm-hmm. did certain things at certain times because that's the situation you were in. I think everyone's situation has now changed and I think people will feel productive at different times of the day. So I would say figure out, take a couple of days to figure out what your cycle is at the minute. Are you waking up at a different time? Are you going to bed at a different time? Are you eating at different times? Because yeah. that's all going to affect your training. And if you're eating slightly earlier, then you need to base that around your training. If you're eating later, then base that around your training. If you're finding now that you're more productive in the morning with the sunlight, I would just get out and train in the morning time if you can. If you feel that you can't face it in the morning and you'd rather do it later in the evening, well then do it later in the evening. But I would still try and find a cycle that works for you. So try and find your cycle, find your rhythm and find what part of the day you're more productive. Like with me, with cardio and things, I'm a morning cardio person. Like the longer I leave my cardio later in the day, the less it's going to get done. So if I need to do running or my cycle or anything, Mm -hmm. I get up and I just do it in the morning because for me, that's the most productive time. But when then it comes to doing my weights at the minute, I don't know why, but at like four o'clock, we've started doing our sessions, our weighted Mm -hmm. sessions at about four o'clock. And we just do them outside in the garden. And I think that's because like the sun's coming down. So it's getting a bit cooler and like the evening's kind of settling a bit. So that's Mm -hmm. when we personally are finding our perfect time to do weights. Yeah. And then definitely cardio in the morning, get up and do it, wait in the afternoon, enjoy it. That's a perfect idea. Um, uh, regarding, um, you do a lot of mindset training and coaching with uh, your clients you were talking about earlier on. Yeah. What would you, what advice would you give to somebody who is now realistically their boxing club's gone, their MMA gym's gone? How would you, what advice would you give that person who is really suffering from a lack of motivation at the moment? I would say get an accountability buddy, number one. So get someone that you can check in with. It can even be a family member. It can be a friend. It can be a coach. It can be maybe even someone you went to the gym with or someone that you knew from the gym. I'm pretty sure if you reached out to anybody, anybody would be happy to be your accountability buddy. Um, And just get a check-in buddy. So you can do your check-ins online. You can do your check-in by phone and try and write yourself out a little program. There's a million of them online. I have lots of workouts on my Instagram. Um, lots of exercises and try and build yourself a little plan because you'll feel a lot better for it. So I sit, I still sit down every Sunday night with my diary, even though I probably don't need it, but I do. And I plan out my week. So I still will put in this morning, we're going to do a run. This morning, I'm going to do my cycle. This morning, I'm going to do my walk. And then I'll put in training this day, yoga this day, training this day. And then I'll check in with someone in my house and be like, right, I'm doing my running at nine o'clock tomorrow, can you just make sure that I've got up and I'm going out the door? And they do. So if I haven't done it and then I creep downstairs, they're like to me, we're not meant to be going out running at nine o'clock. And then I'll be like, right, I'll do it now. I do find though, like our time schedules are a wee bit more laxadaisy at the minute. So mm-hmm. if I say I'm going to go out running at nine, if I do it at 10, I'm okay with that as long as I've still got it done. We personally, I'm a bit of a sado and we have a whiteboard on our fridge. So every single day I give, I write down like 68 things that we're going to do throughout the day. So like number one every day is exercise. So I have yoga run weights depending on what we're doing that day. Mm-hmm. And then we have our dog walk. And then I have things like just simple things like who for the living room. And then I would have, and um, if we need to go to the fridge shop that day, so that would be our day to go to the fridge mm-hmm. shop. And like if someone else wanted to do, I don't know, we sit down every night and watch a TV program. So that would be on the board. And then as the day goes on, we just tick off the kind of things that we were doing. So say you had eight things and you completed five out of them. I think that's good enough for a day. And then okay. those other things you can move to the next day. Yeah. So that's what we're kind of doing. It's like, it's just okay. something simple. Yeah. Accountability board. Yeah. 
and we put it on the fridge. I have it stuck in the middle of the fridge for everyone. So I write down my things and if people want to write something else onto it, they can. So mm -hmm. the other day, someone wanted to do the power hosing and we had everything written down, but that's what they wanted to do. So they just wrote power hose on the board and did it. I think it's a bit of a fulfilling thing. Then we give ourselves yeah. a big red tick. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's like, it's like yes, I did yoga oh. today. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think sometimes we just want to write it on the board so we can tick it off and say we did it. But I definitely think if you can do a weekly schedule, absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. And then break it down and do a daily schedule and just have, like, don't put too much pressure on yourself right now because yeah. the situation we're in, nobody could have predicted it. No, but no. if you can still try and follow some form of timetable, I That's think you'd be a lot more mentally prepared for it. That is extremely good advice. So if I can't, we actually have something similar on our fridge. Um, Karen's wrote it. Kara's wrote all over it, I need a holiday. So that's what's all on. <laughs> when <laughs> can we book it? <laughs> We're going to write all these great things on the board. Like, I need a holiday, leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, we write different things. It's hilarious. We find random quotes. Like I come down and my mum, like I will have written, like we're getting bikini bods by the summer or something, and then she'll just write something that's completely just ridiculous underneath it. Like if you wear your bikini every day, then you'll start to think about what you're eating, won't you? <laughs> Very true, actually, as well. Yeah. It's be funny things, but someone said that, or she found that on some Facebook thing. It was like mm. um, someone wanted a bikini body, and then they were like, "Well, if you wore your bikini every day, you might." feel like you want to get one more <laughs> yeah and actually it's strange the parallel between what we're talking about the diamond dallas pages book he talked about as well having something on the fridge as well but every time like do you really need this that's Probably weird it happens just like a weak question like you know do you really need to this game because the amount of times like i know now i know that's been okay when i've been in here but you're still like the one finding like something to eat in the cupboard or something you yeah. in the fridge and you're like Really need to do you need it? Don't no, we don't. Um, unless it's like fruit or vegetables, and then knock yourself out. But yeah. it's normally not fruit or vegetables. It's definitely not. So you're like, oh fuck, I don't need that. And I thought that was a brilliant idea that that yeah. little question, self, I suppose it's self questioning, your self reflection yeah. about going, no, I don't need that. And it might put yeah. your mind at rest or ease to think, well, that's okay. I don't really need to go and shovel seven Snickers into my fat face every day. No, Probably. there's a thing called the three minute rule, if you've heard of it. So we used yeah. to write it on the board as well. It's like the three minute rule. So you just take three minutes to really think about, do you need this? Is this what you want? And see, sometimes if the answer is yes, you don't really need it, but it's something that you really want. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly okay to have, but it's just kind of realizing when those times are okay. And then when those times are maybe trying to mask another issue. So it's like yeah, if there's something else. Yeah. So are you eating for like positive reasons because you actually just really want it and you're hungry or just because like you're really in the mood for a bit of chocolate or are you eating it to mask maybe sadness or depression or something else mm -hmm. which in that case i would say that needs to be looked at rather than and shoveling the chocolate. food issue yeah because yeah. that's a whole you, different boy flesh <laughs> uh, flip me there's another 10 podcasts in this um, but that is true, you know, accountability for food as well. And people do eat for comfort. I know, I of course, everybody does. I'm definitely one of those creatures who eats for comfort. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one of, one of the things that if you are, there's another issue maybe just yeah. simmering below the surface, you know, what's making you uncomfortable, that that, that bag of crisps or chocolate will, will help you. Not to get fulfill. It. Just exactly. So, so in, in closing with what we've just talked about, Stick to a good timetable regarding your exercise. Yep. Get an accountability board. And um, buddy. And buddy. And also a check-in partner. 
make sure yeah. you are using technology to stay on top of your training with your coach. If you have equipment, make sure you're yeah. using it. Stick to movements as close to those that you will use during course of competition or training as much as humanly possible. And don't beat yourself up if you don't train on a specific day or time and give your mental health a break. Yeah. All That's good points, isn't it? They are fucking excellent points. That's like the start of a book. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like the start of a yeah. book. Oh, write this down. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I, I know you need a cool name. It's not going to be like Andy's book. Oh, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not reading That's really weak. So I bet that's we'll think about it. Another white hot page. <laughs> oh, really <laughs> it has been uh, really, really superb having a quick chat with you today. As I said, there's probably another 10 podcasts in the, in the last 10 sentences that we talked about, about accountability and mental health, goal setting and mindset. Yeah. Um, so in, in every aspect of exercise, all those things are really, really prevalent and you touched on some of the successes that you've had with people, which is quite impressive overall. And as I said, you're one of um, Northern Ireland's premier personal trainers, more successful personal trainers um, at the minute with a huge social media following as well. Your social media is something that um, to me, I'm quite astounded at it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm rubbish at social media, by the way. Really, really awful at it. Um, as a quick aside to what we're talking about, a lot of combat sports professionals have great social media um, and they have really good, fun things on it. There's a guy called Derek Lewis. If you haven't seen him, I promise you will not be disappointed. Look, some of it is really cruel, but some of it is very, very funny. Um, and a lot of the other guys, Joe Parker, you know who Joseph Parker is? Professional heavy bit boxer. Um, no, I'll have to look them up. Send me the wee list after and I'll look them all yeah, up. Yeah, Joseph Parker has been doing daily workouts online and yep. now he's involved his wife in it. And it's amazing. And they're just, they've got like, it's just become very, very good and funny. And every morning at nine, he's a New Zealander, I think. So wherever he is, he's doing this yep. workout and sticking, as you said, the accountability. Tyson Fury's doing online box fit classes for people. It is super amazing. Yeah, totally. I mean, and people are finding more creative and more versatile ways to become interactive with others. And it's all through the, the I suppose, the, the great platform that is social media. So yours is brilliant. How did you build that up to what it is? And do you use social media as part of your, uh, your reaching out to people? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I started my Instagram page, Steffi Loves, just as like an Instagram page for things that I really enjoy doing. So it was fitness, it was cooking, it was my dogs, it was going for walks and things like that. So if you scroll down like 1800 posts or something, it's all just, uh, it just started off cooking. And then once I was into fitness and doing my training, it was based on that. And then I just, I did two bodybuilding shows. Not a lot of people oh, know as well. Wow. So there's pictures way, 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 way back there mm-hmm. of when that whole started. And then what like- What category, food. just out of interest, because I, my memory um, is terrible, so- I did body category. fitness. So it was okay. not bikini, it was the next one up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one that was a wee bit more muscular dense. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't do very well in them, mind you, but like I give, give it a whirl and try it. But at that time, was that was maybe- What was the show? It was UK, UK BFF. Mm-hmm. But this was like many months ago. This was maybe eight years or so ago. So this was like at the beginning before probably before a lot of people were doing it. And mm-hmm. I don't think at that point in time there was maybe as much good knowledge about it. It was more kind of like when I dieted down, it was like diet down as much as you can. And it was like not eating very much. And I don't know. I didn't really get very much of it myself. It wasn't mm-hmm. definitely wasn't the sport for me, but I'm glad I tried it. But yeah. um, it was all documented on my Instagram. And then... 
it just t- kind of turned into more like a way, like what Steph likes to do for fitness kind of page and motivation mm-hmm. and mindset for people. So I built it as kind of like a self-help thing for myself. So it was like, if I find something really helpful, I would research it, write an article about it and mm-hmm. post it up because if I found it helpful, I thought then other people would find it helpful. And that's just kind of where it built up from. And I just, if I find something inspiring or something that I think has affected me or could affect someone else, I'll go and I'll do a lot of research on it and I'll write an article on it that is kind of dumbed a bit down to like my kind of knowledge, if you know yeah. what I mean. So it just kind of goes out as I would say it rather than like a scientist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I always just did lots of workout videos because just, I really enjoy doing them. For me, it's kind of like a hobby as well. I enjoy creating my little workout videos and I enjoy like sitting down thinking about it. It kind of gives you a bit of a purpose, I think, as well. So it was all just kind of built from that. It was just fun things that I like to do. Yeah, it is a thing of wonder, actually, to be frankly honest, because I'm just garbage at it. And it's not that. I'm not inherently a lazy human being. I'm genuinely not. But I'm doing so many other things. I just don't. don't. It's not a priority. It's not a priority. And I suppose it's not a priority for anybody, ultimately. Um, what so what setup are you using? Are you just using your phone? Are you using Yeah, I just use my phone. I just use this, my phone, and I have mm-hmm. a tripod and that's about the height of it. I went and bought a camera at like seven hundred and fifty pounds or something mm-hmm. and I've never used it. Never no. used it. So I just I just use my phone all the time. I don't know. I think your phone kind of gives it a bit more of a personal kind of thing and you can do does, so many yeah. things on your phone these days. Like I can set my tricep my tripod out there and do a workout like yesterday i did my first instagram live and we oh, had like nearly 200 people doing the workout That's which crazy. i thought was amazing and it was mm-hmm. just a basic body weight circuit out in the garden and i did it at 7 a.m and it stays live on your page all day and then mm-hmm. by the end of the day like 200 people had done it so like it's That's just amazing impressive. to be able to get that outreach yeah. um so i'm doing another one here on saturday morning at 10 a.m if anybody wants to join in. <laughs> um, yeah, but so instagram live things are great they are. It's absolutely amazing. Um, it, as I said, I think it's a fantastic way now that people are connecting. Um, the way we're connecting now, it, Zoom is like yeah. revolutionary to me. I use using Skype as well for about a fifty percent strike rate with Skype, which also means I had a fifty percent cock up rate with Skype. <laughs> so it either it either worked really well or it fucking yeah. failed miserably, you know. So um, I'm kind of thinking of canning Skype in that way unless the person really really needs to use it yeah. um so before we sadly have to terminate this um where can people find you first of all physically whenever this virus pisses off to wherever it's supposed to go where can people yes. find you physically um at the minute i'm in flex gym and i and if you just contact me i have my facebook page as well stephanie mccluskey you can contact me on that um, I have a website, uh, com, so people can contact me through there as well. And then I have my Instagram, so it's Steffi Loves as well. And it has, it is filled with like recipes, nutrition and exercise. There's a million and one exercises on that as well for people of all abilities, all ages, all shapes, all sizes and all kind of goals as well. That's brilliant. Do you have anybody else you would like to give a little shout out to while you're here? No, I didn't really think about it. <laughs> I do this on purpose, right? I put people on the spot. And they go, oh, you fucking tell me about this. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, my like, dogs. My two yeah, dogs. I have two yeah. dogs. Two huskies, Lydia and Juno. They're my children. Beautiful. Yeah, this little fluffy thing beside me is my, is my child as well. But she's been very, yep. very quiet today, which is wonderful. Um, so before we go, quick fire questions. Do you, are you a gamer? Have you ever played games? No. 
know, all right, we're going to calm that one then, all right, so <laughs> forget that. Okay, uh, editing, creative editing, I'll remo- I won't remove that. Um, do you uh, watch films? Yes. Okay, three film genres, horror, action, and comedy. What's your favorite? Horror. Okay, what's your favorite horror film? Oh, I like Silence of the Lambs. It's quite good. It's quite. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, that is it. Oh. I do like Silence of the Lambs. So favorite. So favorite film. Favorite horror genre is obviously horror. Favorite film then Silence of the Lambs. Best book you've read? Um. It's it's not the it's probably, it's not the most creative book, but it was a book I read recently. And I really really enjoyed. It's up here. Uh, Dawn O'Porter. It's called So Lucky, mm-hmm. and it was just a for all females. It's a very relatable book, and it's just about how everything on the outside of people's life may look absolutely perfect and amazing, but if you delve into what's going on in their lives, um, it will could be a completely different story. So don't believe everything you see on the outside. That is good advice for life actually it was a very good book so it was <laughs> I just looked it up there I bought yeah. it I've only just got into reading as well I never used to read too much but um really do you have it. do you have audible audible yeah I do have audible that is something that is you don't do remind me when, when whenever I stop recording stay on and uh yep. I'll, I'll get your number I'll send you a book over and audible send you the uh, Diamond yep. Dallas page one if you have yeah uh, and if you talk about audible books the best one i've listened to is the chimp paradox got it love it the, the best it is Steve the best Peters. i've listened to it twice i've yep. listened to it literally now 10 12 times and there's bits every time i listen to it i'm like oh i didn't miss them didn't stuff. hear that first time or oh, you probably did but my brain just my monkey <laughs> brain isn't working it's just like banging off the inside <laughs> of it going yep yeah nothing in there too late uh, look, Steph, it's been fantastic, absolutely fantastic to get a chat with you. Um, people can find you at Steffi Loves on Instagram, Stephanie McCluskey on yep. Facebook, and, and StephanieLoves.com. Yep. Um, yep. It's been brilliant to have you on. So, look, Steph, thank you very, very much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Hope I didn't talk sure. too much. <laughs> no, no, th- that's the goal of these things. It'd be shit if you just sat there and didn't talk at all. <laughs> Nope, not going to talk. <laughs> so that, that was the goal of these things. You've given some insightful, fantastic little insights into the fitness industry for yourself, how life is working, and also some good mindset um, goals and accountability for people who are like everybody now um, around the globe who are training in their back garden or uh, yeah. running slash walking, walking their dogs, cycling, whatever. So, Steph, this has been Not Another Fightcast. You can find us on anti-social media at Not Another Fightcast on the socials. That is a thing, by the way. I said that once. And socials, what are you talking about, dickhead? (laughs) The social channels. And it's now just become something that I've said every time. So much so that Phil was like, we're not saying it again. I was like, I am. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) So on the socials, you can find us at Not Another Fightcast on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook again, Not Another Fightcast. And also, we do have a YouTube channel, but it is only one video. As I said, I'm rubbish at social media, but I promise you I will get better. We will get better at it. I have been Andy the Icon Burge. You can find me on Instagram at the underscore icon77. As I said before, it's just literally um, videos of me boxing and my dog and some flowers. I don't know why anybody would find it remotely interesting, but that's where you find. Also, my co-host, who's not here today, sadly, is Mr. PZ underscore commentary. He's doing another online chat at the minute with uh, Brave Combat Federation, so sadly, Phil couldn't be with us today. But thank you very much, folks. Um, please like, subscribe, subscribe, and share. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll stay speaking to me second. I'm just going to stop recording. Cheers. Bye, folks. Stay safe. Wash your hands as well. <laughs>